The season of Advent is one of the holiest times of the Christian year. The word holy has sometimes been used to mean set apart. And so through the season of Advent, we set apart this time for contemplation, for reflection, and for prayer. The word Advent comes from a Latin word that means coming. And so during this season, we again wait the coming of the Christ child, the light of the world. We celebrate his first coming and anticipate the joy of his coming into our hearts during the Christmas time. We also look forward and anticipate the day when God makes all things new. In fact, the word Advent is the Latin version of a Greek word, parousia, and the parousia is a word used in the New Testament for second coming. Advent, then, is the patient, reflective, prayerful waiting for the coming of the light of the world. And so through this season, we'll be lighting the Advent candle, we'll be lighting around the wreath and working our way on Christmas Eve at our candlelight service to the center candle, the Christ candle, anticipating the light of the world. There are two kind of sacred colors that are used for Advent. One of them is purple, but blue is also used quite a bit. Here at Tiger River, we use blue for our pyramids, both here on the pulpit and also on the communion table. And that blue represents the dark sky, the night sky just before dawn breaks, just before the light of a new day breaks. And so that blue helps us to remember that we anticipate the coming of the light of the world. So during this prayerful, reflective waiting, it's a purposeful, not passive waiting. We're going to be working through a series called Seeking Advent. And in this series, we're going to examine the witnesses of some Old Testament prophets as we consider those four traditional candles of the Advent wreath, hope, peace, joy and love. And we begin today with hope. We begin with a hopeful passage from the prophet Jeremiah in chapter 33. We'll ask the question, how do we seek hope through despair? Let's pray for illumination before we read this passage. Most gracious and loving God, this season is a gift. And so we ask for open hands and open hearts to receive this gift to receive this time again to wait and to watch for your coming, the coming of the Christ child, the light of the world, the light for our lives. So as we hear this word from you, from the book of Jeremiah, God, open our hearts, open our ears, speak to us this day. Give us the word we need, whether that be a word of encouragement, challenge, or conviction. Speak to us as we continue to be light bearers, bearers of your light in this world. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. From the prophet Jeremiah. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. 
In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this is the name by which it will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. For thus says the Lord, David shall never lack a man to sit on the throne of the house of Israel. And the Levitical priests shall never lack a man in my presence to offer burnt offerings, to make grain offerings, and to make sacrifices for all time. This is the word of the Lord. At this time, I'd like to invite our children to come forward for our children's sermon. y'all you're looking awful beautiful and handsome I love that Christmas attire Mr. Jeff's got to get his stuff out of the closet and get with the program <laughs> well today I have two things first thing is that Pastor Hudson just talked about is the what candle what candle did we just light what was it called yeah starts with an H hope hope so today starts Advent and that's a big word, but essentially it's the four weeks leading up to what? Christmas, exactly. And in Latin, Advent means coming. So what's coming in four weeks? Well, you didn't say Santa Claus. That is awesome. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. But what comes at Christmas? Yes, of course. But what's that beautiful thing in the manger Jesus presence Jesus is the present from God yes so that's the thing that we're excited about right and so for four weeks we have a candle to light each week hope joy peace and love all right so that's Advent I know it's a big word but think of just coming and the four weeks and what's coming that we will celebrate okay the second thing is how do we get our heads around hope? How do you get, what, what do you think? Hope, tell me about hope. Any ideas? All right, I'll help you. So some people would say hope is, yes, how? <laughs> Joyful, yeah, kinda. Some people would say, if I wish and wish and wish really hard, what happens? I have hope. I have more hope the more I wish, right? Sometimes you say that, right? I can see you're nodding your head. So here are some examples where that may not work. We have to look at it a different way. So Mr. Hudson could wish, 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 wish for Furman to do well in the playoffs, right? Mr. Mark Johnson could wish, 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 wish that the New York Giants get a high draft pick. <laughs> and lastly, my buddy Short Putt, can wish, 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 wish he makes that long putt. But that's not the hope from God. The hope from God is like a light, a candle in a dark room. You ever been in a dark room and you have a candle or a flashlight or something? What does it do? Makes you feel warm, makes you feel, oh, I can get out of this room because I have that candle. Think about hope 
in the Bible from God is that candle that will never go out. Never go out in a dark room, a light room, no matter what it is, because God's promise is our hope. Okay? God is faithful constantly for us no matter what. So that's hope for now. Okay? Something different I want to do today. I want you to stand up. Form a circle. Hold hands. Everybody hold hands. All right. And let's bow our heads in prayer. Let's bow our heads. Repeat after me. Congregation, repeat with us. Loving God. Loving God. Thank you for your promise. Thank you for your promise. Through your son, Jesus. Through your son, Jesus. And your love of us. And your love of us. No matter what. No matter what. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Joe. 
So we're talking about that first candle, candle of the Advent wreath, the candle of hope. So I've been thinking about hope all week, and I have this, this line that keeps coming to my mind when I think about hope. It goes like this. Bye, buddy. I hope you find your dad. This is where my mind goes. In preparing for this first Sunday of Advent, I've been thinking a lot about hope. Now, I'm a stickler for no Christmas music or Christmas decorations or movies before Thanksgiving. Wow, that is a divided room. <laughs> but I will say this, after Thanksgiving and immediately after Thanksgiving, it is all fair game, all of it. This year, I will also confess that I had to cheat a little bit because we celebrated our big family Thanksgiving meal a few days early. So on the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, because we had celebrated Thanksgiving, I approved, I had to approve, I approved a family Christmas movie night, and we watched one of my favorite Christmas movies, Elf. Now at this point, most of you are probably familiar with this movie. It is a silly but sweet story of a boy raised in the North Pole thinking he's an elf until he grows to be six foot three. And it finally starts to sink in that he's not an elf, he's human. And so he sets off on an impossible mission. He sets off to travel from the North Pole all the way to Manhattan to find his dad, who works in the Empire State Building and is, by the way, on the naughty list. As Buddy the elf is sailing off on a sheet of ice, a narwhal rises from the icy waters of the North Pole and says those words I quoted earlier. I'll be repeating them in my best narwhal voice. <laughs> Bye, buddy. Hope you find your dad. <laughs> Hope. 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 We use the word hope all the time. I think we use it way more than we realize. As far as I can tell, we use the word hope in three different ways. First of all, we use the word hope as a greeting or a farewell. I hope you're having a good day. Or I hope to see you again soon. 
Hope has become a regular part of our polite social vernacular. But often there's not much thought or meaning behind those hope statements. We also use the word hope as a way of expressing something we desire or expect or something we presume will happen. Could be something relatively inconsequential like, I hope my Christmas cake turns out okay. But this use of hope could also be for something that really is significant. I had a great interview and I hope I get the job. We use the word hope in a third way as well. We use it to express our desire for something that seems unlikely or unreasonable. Buddy the elf's chances of finding his dad seem improbable. After all, he had to pass through the seven levels of the candy cane forest, through the sea of swirly twirly gumdrops, and then walk through the Lincoln Tunnel. Which if you've ever driven through the Lincoln Tunnel, you'll know that was the most harrowing part of his journey. And that, of course, is a silly, made-up story, but it does help to illustrate a really important reality. Because I'd be willing to bet that many of you here in this room have hoped for something that was unreasonable. That you have found yourself hoping for something that was unlikely. All signs and facts pointed to a different outcome, but you still held out hope for a different result. All signs pointed to a life-changing diagnosis, but you still held out hope for the tests to come back clear. All signs pointed to the end of a relationship, but you still held out hope for reconciliation. All signs pointed to financial disaster, but you still held out hope for things to work out in your favor. This is the type of hope, unreasonable hope, that the prophet Jeremiah shares with the people of Jerusalem and Judah in Jeremiah chapter 33. The prophet Jeremiah was centered in Jerusalem. He spent much of his career criticizing the economic and social injustices of the kingdom. And he warned that God's judgment on the people was imminent. And not surprisingly, this got him into a heap of trouble. And so Jeremiah is likely writing this passage that we read this morning from prison. He's writing from a palace prison of King Zedekiah. From prison, Jeremiah prophesies that Jerusalem will become a wasteland, that Jerusalem will become a place of desolation. There's no hope for Jerusalem, it seems. The armies of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, are closing in on the city, and it's inevitable. Babylon, that growing global empire, was about to bring destruction and ruin to Jerusalem. The city is doomed. 
Jeremiah's many prophecies of judgment on the city are coming true. But in our passage from chapter 33, Jeremiah's words shift. Here in this chapter, they shift from warning to hope. As the Old Testament scholar Catherine Schifferdecker has written, Yet now in the midst of catastrophe, the prophet finally speaks words of promise. Out of this context of destruction and despair comes a word of unreasonable hope. In other words, all signs pointed to this being the end of the road for the city. The holy city, Jerusalem, is going to be conquered. The people will be exiled to Babylon. But in the midst of that disaster, in the midst of that despair, Jeremiah seeks hope. Jeremiah puts it this way earlier in the chapter, earlier in chapter 33. Thus says the Lord in this place of which you say, it is a waste without human beings or animals in the towns of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem that are desolate. Without inhabitants, human or animal, there shall once more be heard the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness. It's unreasonable hope. To say that again the city will be full of gladness and laughter is unreasonable. Considering their context, the people faced with the imminent threat of Babylon's army, surely this voice, this message of hope was hard to believe. But Jeremiah says to seek it, to hold on to hope. He goes on to say that restoration will even include the restoring of the Davidic line. The day is coming, Jeremiah says, when God will raise up a righteous branch from the Davidic family tree. One who will rule with justice and righteousness, which had been severely lacking. That same Old Testament scholar summarizes, summarizes Jeremiah's message of hope in the midst of despair like this. The image is one of hope and unexpected joy. New life springing up from what looks like a dead stump. Of course, as Christians, when we read this passage, we hear the echoes of the good news of Christmas. And that makes sense. Because this unreasonable hope is what the season of Advent is all about. Advent is seeking hope through despair. Hope for the Messiah's coming. Hope that the light of Christ is breaking through the dark. Hope that the impossible really did become reality. God became flesh and lived among us as one of us. Emmanuel, God with us. In fact, this is the hope that we sang about earlier. Come, thou long-expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us. Let us find the, our rest in thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art. Dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. 
The word Advent means coming. It's a holy season of watching and waiting as we celebrate God's first coming in Christ. But it's also a season where we anticipate and hope for God's return. Where peace and justice and love will reign. Considering our own culture and context, I think it's fair to say that this Advent hope is still an unreasonable hope. Injustice and conflict and hate seem to have a strong hold on our world. We're entering this season of Advent during a time of tremendous global conflict, including the continued warring in Israel and Palestine, conflicts in Ukraine and Sudan, the ongoing violence in Yemen, and the list goes on and on and on. And yet we seek hope through desolation. We seek hope through despair. We wait for God's grace to break through the dark. We wait for God's love to illumine our world. And it's an act of resistance. Seeking hope against reason is an act of resistance. Because as Christians, hope isn't supposed to be a passive act. I love what one theologian has to say about this. Hope is something that challenges the realities of the present. And it alters the way one lives in the present. Put another way, hope is not a social nicety or an inactive wishing game. As people of faith, unreasonable hope should be accompanied by unrelenting dedication. Maybe it's hard to see God's presence in our world, but in our hope, we are going to do everything that we can to make it known. Maybe it's hard to see the light of Christ around us, but in our hope, we are going to do what we can to make God's love known. The Christmas story reminds us that God's work can be hard to recognize. A little baby born in a manger is God's son. That's definitely unexpected. And the story will continue in unexpected ways. A crucified Savior shows us just how far God's love will go for us. But over and over again, this story, this Jesus story, gives us reason to believe an unreasonable hope. Even when it's hard to see, even when it doesn't make sense, even when all signs point to the contrary, God is working in our world. God is breaking through the darkness with light. In Advent and all year long, we are called as Christians to unreasonable hope and God's unrelenting love for us and this world. But we don't hope like this in passivity. What will be, will be. We hope with activity. How can we make that hope known? How can we bring hope to the hopeless? How can we bring peace into the violence? 
How can we bring joy to the sorrowful? How can we bring love in the midst of hate? Hope, peace, joy, and love. Peace, joy, and love are the candles that come next. We'll talk about each of those in the remaining Sundays of Advent as we continue to work our way towards the Christ candle at the center of the wreath. But we remember this day our unreasonable hope, our hope in the Christ child, in the light of the world that's coming. And this Advent season, once again, we're called to watch, to wait, to sing and to pray. To sing and to pray, come thou long expected Jesus, hope of all the earth thou art. Let's pray. Gracious God, our hope of hopes, you are the one we turn to. You are the one we can trust with our lives, with our present and our future. We put our hope in you and as we enter this season of Advent, we look forward to the coming of the Christ child, the perfect revelation of your love for us, your commitment to us. God, even as we put our full hope in you, we remember that it is our responsibility to bring hope to this world, to bring hope by our words by our actions, by our lives of grace and love, we are called to show the light of Christ. And so we pray these things as we continue to worship and pray, praise you. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.